everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Epic Mind, Body, Spirit podcast. I'm Lisa Wagner, and I am so excited today to have this really amazing woman joining me on the podcast. Her name is Annette Noyce. Annette, did I say that right? You did. All right. Welcome, Annette. Thanks so much, Lisa. I am so excited to be here, too. Um, When we met, I just found you to be such an amazing, delightful person. And when you asked me to be on your podcast, I was uh, backflipping. It's a real treat for me. Oh, thank you. Well, you're a doll. So I met Annette actually very recently, just a few weeks ago, and it was at a Mind Body Spirit Expo in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm in the Dayton area, and Annette is just a few, I think like a few hours away from me in southeastern Ohio. Is that where you're at? I forget. Correct. Yeah. Athens, Ohio. Okay, yeah, you're near Athens. So, you know, we're not not so far away, and we met in Columbus. And I, when I went in, I was, um, you know, just kind of going around the vendor's room, and I saw Annette sitting there. And first off, I just was like, okay, I need to meet this person. And she had her uh, tarot decks out. And so I decided, you know, I wanted a reading. And when it was done, I think one of the first things I said to her is, would you please do a podcast with me? <laughs> so I just, I, she's great. Um, and I'll be talking more about my experience with her through the podcast. But so as those of you that have listened to my podcast before know, I, I ask people that I just love, so, you know, when I love their stuff, when I love what they do, when I love their products, then I want to get them on the podcast. And so um, I'm just thrilled to include Annette in that list of people. I, I feel really privileged. So Annette, let's start off with just helping people that are maybe brand new to tarot or, you know, don't have you know much experience with it. Can you just give people sort of an overview of what tarot is? Well, tarot cards are a divinatory tool. And when I say a divinatory tool, that means it is a tool to sort of look into the future. And other divinatory tools would be your palm. There are are lots of palm readers out there who will tell your fortunes based upon what they see in your palm. Also, tea leaf readers, rune readers, some divinatories, some back in the day, they used to cut up cut open live animals and read the entrails. Also another divinatory tool that fortunately is not used that often anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So the tarot cards are simply that. And the tarot cards are very structured. They have um, 78 cards per deck. There are 22 major arcana and the major arcana are basically um, the concepts of human existence that is recognized across time and across culture. Mm -hmm. By that, I mean that the ancient Egyptians understood the concept of death just as we understand the concept of death today here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the concept of love, mother, father, religion, karma, Mm -hmm. and judgment. And that kind of thing. So there are 22 of these, what we call major arcana, which are these sort of key concepts, human existence concepts. Then we have 16 court cards, uh, uh, four kings, four queens, four princes, or sometimes they're also called knights. Um, Also then four princesses or also called pages. It depends on who wrote the deck and how they want to 
how they want to construct their deck. Right. But these 16 mm -hmm. court cards are what I consider to be the psycholo psychological personality of the deck. So when these court cards show up in a spread or a reading, then it could very well be that my client, the person who's sitting across from me, will be exhibiting some of these personality traits that are showing up in that particular court card. Or sometimes I understand that this court card is a person important to my client because, for example, I'm sitting there with my client and this, this court card is indicating that um, there are some pretty mean personality traits here. And I don't feel that coming from my client. Mm -hmm. So during the reading, I'll say, sweetie, who is this? Mm -hmm. Who's this mean person? And it will either be bullies at school, it will be the boss, mother-in-law, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's where the court cards come in. Now, the court cards can also represent energy. It is not always people. Right. Then after the court cards, we have the 40, what we call pip cards or the numbered cards, ace through 10. And there are four suits, just like in your basic um, poker deck. And the uh, suits of the tarot deck are called wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. And each of those uh, suits will have their own sort of energetic signature. Right. And that, and the, those cards kind of are related to, to both, um, to numerology. So, you know, when you're looking at like the, the two, the, the two is going to be different based on the suit, but there are some themes also of, of two that would be the same, correct? I mean, like it's going to be like the two of cups is definitely different than the two of pentacles, but isn't there still like a two energy Absolutely. When with the tarot cards, the way that I have studied my tarot cards, I find that tarot cards, actually all forms of divination cross-reference. Exactly. Each other. That's kind of what so I was getting at. Yeah. There is numerology. I'm looking at the numerology of what's going on. So if I had in a spread and you know, the person has chosen three twos, well, I'm going to reach read each individual two, but I'm also going to look at the energy of twos in general. Right. Bring that information in as well as the two of cups energy, the two of wands energy, and the two of swords energies. Exactly. Um, same with the same with the um, court cards. So if in a spread there are four kings, I'm going to look at kings in general to see what is it about Kings that will help me understand why this person chose three of them. Right. Right. And I have, you know, I have a, a some familiarity with the tarot, but I have, you know, an extensive um, history with, with astrology because I worked as a professional astrologer and that's kind of what I was going to be equated for, for people. So for example, I use a lot of, I used to use a lot of numerology and readings and also too, like you can even see themes with the elements. So when it, a chart has a lot of air or fire or earth or water. And the tarot is kind of similar. Like if there's a lot of cups in the readings or a lot of pentacles, that also gives a flavor to the reading, correct? Absolutely. So, um, for example, the suit of swords is governed by the element of air. So if we get a lot of swords 
in a, uh, in a spread, then I'm going to be wondering, then first that tells me that this problem or thought process this person, this client in front of me is having is weighs, he weighs heavily on their mind. Mm -hmm. If it's all cups in front of me, then I know that they are very emotionally involved mm -hmm. with this issue. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm asked, uh, or I, I, it occurs to me that um, I'll say, hey, are you perchance an air sign? Because I'm seeing a lot of swords here and I'm feeling astrological and my, my astrology knowledge is, is very limited only as far as it cross references with the tarot. Right. But sometimes right. I will get um, sort of a, a astrological vibe there where it is sure. air energy. And I'll think, Hey, gee, are you a, an air sign? And they say, well, I happen to be a Gemini. How did you know? Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so because I'm seeing that kind of air energy in the um, tarot card reading. And so then that puts me into the air signs and um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that kind of brings up another um, aspect of to tarot readings that I wanted to mention, you know, I think most people, when they think of tarot cards, they think of fortune telling or future, but it's also a, a great tool for just kind of personal insight. So when you're looking at like, where are you at energetically now? What's, what's kind of going on with you now? Certainly that influences the future that you're heading to, but it also is just, it's insightful as a tool for self-reflection, self-acceptance and, and all of that. It isn't, I think it's, it's, you know, the value in looking at it as the, the quote fortune telling that people do really underestimates the, the value and the power of the information that you get from a tarot reading. Well, and, and that is absolutely true, Lisa. And, and that's really the way that I read the cards. There are some, I mean, everybody reads a little bit differently. Right. Um, and many tarot card readers use the tarot cards as a form of fortune telling or as what might be coming in the future. Mm -hmm. And for, for the edification of your listeners, I just want to, um, I just really want to mess, stress this point. And that is you are completely in control of your life. Yes. So I tell my clients, if you don't like your reading, change it mm -hmm. because based upon your energetic signature that I'm reading, I read more energies that are sort of swirling around you. Kind right. of like if anybody remembers Charlie Brown's uh, friend, Pigpen. Yeah. Okay. Pigpen has this big cloud around him. Okay. I'm reading this cloud around you of energetic signatures. And so energetically speaking, based upon sort of your recent past behavior, you're sort of wandering. And if you make no changes at all, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to probably end up at the post office. Okay. If you don't want to go to the post office, then turn left, make changes in your life and do something differently because we control our futures with our own minds and emotions. And so if you're sitting in, if you're sitting sort of stagnant on your butt in front of your TV, don't expect to get a raise. Okay. You've got to go to work, work your fanny off, impress the boss, 
stay a little late, show up a little early, look like a go-getter. And then when it comes review time, you go into that review with your ducks in a row and say, hey, I made the company extra dollars this year. I was head of this program and I really shone when it came, shined when it came to this particular project. And because of that, we landed the XYZ account and that is adding huge dollars to the company. So um, yeah, therefore I deserve a larger than your average 3% raise, raise, thank you very much. And if your company sort of smiles and nods and says, how nice for you, you're getting the 3% raise, then you now have the choice whether to take your 3% raise and slink back to your desk or dust off your resume and get onto monsterjobs.com and uh, mm -hmm, yeah, move jobs. Absolutely. And yeah. And I tell people all the time with, when they ask about, you know, different kinds of, of tools, you know, we're, we're going to a psychic or whatever. And I always say, look, here's the thing, you know, if, if what they, if what you're told comes to pass, you know, that's, that's cool, but that doesn't necessarily whether or not the, um, it's really about, does it resonate with you? Because, you know, someone can tune in to where you're at right now and tell you, here's where you're headed. And then you, you leave and you do four or five different things that all can direct you down a different path, in which case other, you know, something else comes to happen. So, you know, I always encourage people to not focus on deriving or trying to, to derive events and specific information from their readings, because even the most amazing, accurate, intuitive readers can only tell you where you're headed at right now. And I agree with you a thousand percent because what the, the person does, um, that day, the next day, the next day, the next day, that determines where they're at. And if they keep, going in the direction they're in that day, then what they were told is, is kind of where they're headed. But, you know, they may do something, you know, they make a different turn and then their life goes in a different direction. So the more you, you know, the more you get a reading that just helps you, I think, understand yourself, accept yourself, get clarity within yourself, then you know what direction you, be you best need to head into, you know, rather than focusing on, well, when will this happen? Or, you know, when, when will that happen? And, you know, and I, I think for, um, readers that can be some, some readers love to give that kind of information. And you know, there's, I'm not um, saying there's anything at all wrong with that, but one of the reasons why I, 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 I just, you know, loved my connection with you is because you were able to give me exactly what I was looking for. And, and by that, I mean, you connected into where I was at right now and gave me that insight about where I'm at right now. I wasn't looking for, you know, a list of breadcrumbs to follow into the future. Um, and, and so you, you, you got it, you know, you nailed it. You, you, you got where I was and you gave me that information. And to me, that is the most empowering kind of thing you can give someone because, you know, if it's just about, you know, rattling off, you know, a bunch of like sort of facts about what their future is, that may change tomorrow, you know? Correct. Correct. Now, a good example of this, Lisa, is that when I have um, people sit in front of me and they say, when will I find love? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's see what your cards say. Mm -hmm. And their cards say, 
sweetie, you are not ready for love right? because right. your energetic signature is such that you are carrying so much baggage mm -hmm. from your past failed relationships mm -hmm. that you are not in any kind of psycho-emotional condition to be ready for love. Right. You keep doing yeah. You keep meeting Mr. Wrong or Ms. Wrong mm -hmm. over and over and over because you keep attracting the same people, right. the same types mm -hmm. of people. So until you understand why you keep choosing badly, what is it in your psyche? Is Do you have, um, do you feel that you don't deserve real love? Mm -hmm. Do you have, do you struggle with loving yourself? Mm -hmm. So when someone's cards tell me that they are in no way, shape or form ready for love, I tell them, don't even think about dating for the next six months mm -hmm. and get your mm -hmm. own house in order. Right. Go take a course, go take up yoga, take up underwater basket weaving, learn to knit, start a podcast, anything to make yourself more interesting to yourself. And when you are interesting to yourself, you will be interesting to other people and you'll have that sort of glow about you that I'm, my hair is on fire. I cannot wait to tell you about my underwater basket weaving skills. <laughs> and so that makes you fascinating and it makes you more lovable mm -hmm. and you will, you will then become attractive to other people who are like-minded and are ready for love themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. And, you know, you also, another point just to kind of add on to that is in addition to the, you know, um, sometimes needing to do work, in, internal work before we're ready to take on, whether it's a relationship, a new job, a move, whatever the, the big life change is. Another yes. piece is that, you know, I think that there are, we go through different cycles with things. And so sometimes um, it's like when we, we're swimming upstream when we're not following and putting our energy into that, which we are most naturally tuned into right now. And, yes. um, you know, when, when people, whether someone gets some input from a reader or whether they are able to kind of intuit the internal direction themselves, it never fails to see how then things fall into place. You know, when you're putting your energy into the direction that you're not kind of, um, geared up for right now, it's like nothing works. You know, you can't get somebody to watch the kids. You don't have enough money for the class. It, it's like obstacles keep happening over and over and over again. And when you shift your focus and focus on what you, what your inner self really needs to be doing, then it's like everything falls into place. And so I always tell people that, yes, you know, we need to have perseverance and we need to, you know, deal with challenges, but sometimes, you know, when you keep getting like stopped at every turn, it's a good time to look inside and say, am I, do I need to change direction? You know? Yes. And sometimes I'm a great believer in timing. Yes. And so sometimes, you know, uh, timing just isn't right. Exactly. The right, the right opportunity hasn't come up yet. You've got this flaming desire to open a cupcake shop. Okay. But you cannot find a building to save your life. Well, that's because the right building hasn't opened up yet. Right, exactly. And when the right building does open up, it's right on the corner of First and Main, and you have an ideal location, and you're thinking, geez, I'm glad I didn't desperately uh, plunge all my money into that other 
shop that was clear across the other side of town and had no traffic whatsoever. Right. So I waited and I waited for the golden opportunity. And in the meantime, while I was waiting, I was perfecting my cupcake recipes or I was perfecting my uh, business loan application or I was just taking a minute to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's why I think, you know, using tools and, and consulting with professionals, um, it can really help a person develop their relationship with their intuition because ultimately, you know, yeah. none of us need anything else. You know, we have it all inside of us, but as we, you know, but we also have a lot of emotions and sometimes it can be hard to say, okay, is this my fear talking or my intuition? Is this my, is this some emotion talking or my intuition? And as we, tune more into our intuition and learn to follow it, you know, we are able to discern that, that sense, that voice, you know, however you, you label it. And so sometimes, you know, getting a reading, using cards, using a pendulum, whatever the tool is that helps you, it, it helps with that refinement. And so, you know, when I used to um, speak about astrology and I would give, I used to teach classes and I would give lectures and stuff. And when I would go to speak to a group, there would always be somebody in the audience who would raise their hand and in this very kind of, you know, sort of smug and kind of self-righteous way say, well, how do you know if what you're telling people is true? And I'd always smile and say, you know what? The people I'm talking to know if it's true. I just, you know, it's not for me to, I don't have a corner on truth. You know, I'm looking at the chart. I'm saying what they, what I see And I'm not trying to, you know, convince anyone of anything. And if it doesn't resonate with the person that I'm, you know, doing the reading for, then either I'm wrong um, or they're not ready to hear what I'm saying. And what I found, you know, and this is, I'm absolutely honest about this. After having done thousands of readings, there were only a few times where I had somebody just kind of say to me, you know, that, Nothing was true. And every one of those people came back to me, whether it was a few days or in one case, it was like three months and said, you know what? I wasn't really able to hear what you were saying to me, but now I am. And I'd, I'd like to ask you a few questions. So what I learned is that when I would get a little bit of resistance from somebody, I just kind of glossed over that, moved on because it taught me they're not ready to hear what I'm saying. So, you know, it's really all about you know, the person receiving the reading, it needs to resonate in that person. And if it doesn't, and if it's just not information that's, you know, helpful to them, then, you know, hopefully it's, they've heard it, they've taken it in and, and there's, there's a time then when they can hear it. Now, are there charlatans out there? Sure. I mean, that's not to say that every person that does a reading is, you know, on the up and up. I, I get that. But what I found is that, you know, if you're going to somebody legitimate, it isn't about them, you know, convincing you of anything. They're just kind of, they're tuning in. They're telling you by whatever tool that they have, here's what I see. And the the real value is in how then you kind of take it in and hear it and what you can do with it. Right. I agree with that, Lisa. Um, in, in my career of reading tarot cards, I have had maybe two or three clients look at me with an absolutely blank expression and say, I don't get any of that. Mm -hmm. I don't understand any of that. And 
Then there's the other kind of client who pushes back from the table and says, nope, 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 nope. And they're so vociferous about how it is not them. Yeah. This absolutely is not them. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, those are the people who are in denial right. and who don't want to hear. Right. But yeah. most people, their eyes will sort of slide to the left and they'll mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. look sheepish and be like, right. yeah, mm-hmm. that's me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so then... When I'm with my clients, not only do I read the cards, but then I try to troubleshoot because I don't want to give bad news to someone and then say, okay. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, so then I'm going to say, so now we know that you are insecure or you're blocking yourself in this way, or you have some self-esteem issues or you have some egos issues or something, something. So what are we going to do about it? Exactly. Tell me, what are we going to do about it? And I am not shy about suggesting to some people, perhaps you'd like to speak with a therapist Mm -hmm. for a little while, couple, three sessions with a therapist or Mm -hmm. with a shamanic leader or Mm -hmm. your pastor Mm -hmm. or your, your religious leader, Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's sometimes a little bit more than what I can offer Absolutely. in the way of, um, so if I can identify the sticking point, then I'm saying, okay, take that to your pastor or to your therapist or your shamanic leader and discuss it a little bit further or meditate upon it. And you're going to have to get deep and honest mm-hmm. and your ego is going to fight you every step of the way. But you're going to have to, and that's where the, the, the therapist, because the therapist says, ah, yeah, no, the therapist helps you to stay honest with yourself and get your ego out of the way. Absolutely. Because when we're taught, when we're trying to do our own personal work, ego tries to protect us from painful things. No, no, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not stuck up. No, huh? no, I'm not stuck up at all. Well, yeah, you are. If you're really, 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 really honest, you know, I'm not judgmental. Yes, you are. So that takes a lot of self-reflection and humility Mm -hmm. to say, okay, here's the ugly truth. And I'm going to change that about myself. So Annette, how did you get into doing, what drew you to tarot and how did you get started doing readings? Well, I was always um, interested in the tarot cards. I always thought they were fascinating, uh, but it's how I'm not psychic. You know, you can't read them, and I'm too stupid, of course, to remember 78 cards, never mind whether they're upside down, because then that adds another 78 meanings. And so I kept putting them off and putting them off and went about my business with um, first my first career was as a ballerina. I was a professional ballerina for 13 and a half seasons with that, the Indianapolis Ballet Theater. Oh, uh, that explains, you know, I got to tell people, so for those, because I got to meet her in person, you have such an elegant, exquisite carriage. So that totally explains that. Of course, you're a ballerina. I mean, oh my gosh, I love that. I'm sorry, go ahead. And so, well, and after my, uh, and ballet is for young people. And when my body gave out, I went back to school and got my degree in paralegal studies and worked as a paralegal. Okay. Um, and then living in Athens, it's a small town. And by when I moved to Athens, um, 
you know, it, uh, there are plenty of lawyers here, but they don't really have the wherewithal to have a fully staffed law office, including a paralegal. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, learn how to become a um, court stenographer. So I, I got one of those little machines and I spent four years practicing, going through online studies and so forth. Failed miserably because I just couldn't get the hang of that machine and go fast enough to make a professional career of it. But at some point during that study period, uh, sort of my one rare day off, my husband dragged me to a small seminar, just, just down the road, a little gathering of people, and a woman was talking about her tarot cards. Mm. And I thought, that's it. Mm. And I went and I came home, I went on Amazon, and I bought my first deck and book. Then I started receiving decks as gifts, and I started buying more decks and more books and studying. And um, if you recall with our reading, I have a large grimoire, my encyclopedia of all things tarot. Yes, and I was, as you were and, talking, I'm like, uh, I, I actually, I got to stop you for a second. She has this amazing book. It's like some kind of ancient text. I mean, it just looks amazing. In fact, I asked her if I could take a picture of it because when I post about this podcast, I'm going to post a picture of this book and it's where she keeps her notes in, but it just is the coolest thing. Like even if you didn't use it, it would be an amazing prop. I mean, and I, and I, I just, and I only say that because it just has such a visual appeal. Of course, I know the contents are what are so valuable to you, but it just looks so cool. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I started off with a, with a, just a random college notebook. And, uh, because I needed to make sense of these individual cards mm -hmm. and I was getting conflicting or parallel information mm -hmm. from what I was reading. So I needed to order the information. So I have information about herbs that go with each card. I have information about um, astrology, astronomy, feng shui, uh, Kabbalism, hermeticism, um, la Santa Muerta, stones. I mean, I have so much information. So I was writing them down individually. And then uh, my husband said, hey, we got to make you a cool looking book. And he actually worked in Hollywood in special effects. So he helped me. He helped me create create this really cool looking book. Oh, that explains because it, it is. It looks like something out of a movie. I mean, it's so cool right. looking. Right. So <laughs> I've actually, so actually, I, I then typed everything up into the, my computer. Then uh, this is now my third incarnation because what I've had to do, or when I get more information, I write in the side margins I write on the backs of the pages and so forth and I'm getting close to filling it up again I'm gonna have to re-edit <laughs> again and I'm not looking forward to that because it's tedious as I'll get out yeah but it's necessary yeah but that yeah. is my that is my way of keeping track of all that information mm -hmm. and now all that information does not come forward for each reading right however because I have four plus pages of information on each and every card, I can have three people sit, sitting in a row, which this has happened, and each person chose a different deck, and yet each person had the three of swords in their reading. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, what's going on with the three of swords? Mm -hmm. But each person had a slightly different interpretation yes. of the three sorts. And because I had four pages worth of stuff on them or on that particular card, I had a lot of information from which to choose rather than the oh, five or six keywords 
that come within that little in the little white book that comes with each deck. Right. And so I can then give a broader, more individualized reading for each of my clients regardless of whether they choose same cards or not. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it reminded me when I was, um, so I got started with astrology just because it was something that fascinated me. And then I ended up, you know, just for fun kind of doing, um, you know, asking people for their birthday. Can I, you know, can I look at your chart, blah, blah, blah. And it evolved into over time, short stories that evolved into a business. Um, but so when I was doing it professionally in the early days, you know, I was still really learning because, you know, you, but you learn by doing like with any of these things, you can only read books so much. You have to do readings. So I was, I would be doing readings and I would schedule, I was working at, you know, another regular, uh, full-time job and I would do readings typically on the weekends and I would try to schedule no more than three people, you know, like on a day. And what would happen is I would get of those three people, there would be some very prominent specific aspect that all three of the charts had. And it was like this amazing thing. Now, the three charts were very different. So what would be so cool is, let's say, all three charts had Venus trying the sun or something, for example. Yeah. But So I got, like, I got to see three different versions of how that aspect played out in these three different people. And it was this amazing, and that's when I, it hit me just how much I was learning. And I actually did a ton of readings in the early days Um, not because I was trying to make a lot of money off of it, but because I just, I wanted, I was so thirsty for the knowledge because every, you know, every time I scheduled people, it was like, it never failed. There was always some sort of connecting piece. And it was just a way for me to like learn some, some new insight about that particular, you know, thing in the chart. So I love how we, you know, it, it, these kinds of experiences are always exchanges. You know, ideally we're giving the, the client or the, the person that we're reading for something of value, but we're always learning something. And no matter how many decades later, you know, when I was doing charts, every time I do a reading, I would still learn something about astrology in the process of doing the reading for the person. That's completely true. Um, I have been reading professionally going to these, uh, psychic fairs and so forth for the last six years. Now, um, I ha- had a very good friend of mine who sort of dragged me out of the closet and, and away from my study books and said, come on, you got to do this for real. Yeah. Um, so, but to this day, I am still getting really crazy readings that I have never seen before. Mm-hmm. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Chicago and I had for the first time, I had a client who chose, he was having a three card reading. All three of his cards were court cards. Never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at it and I'm getting excited and I'm thinking, so who are these people? <laughs> and it turned out that they were all different aspects of my client. So I still have readings that blow my own doors off. Right. Right. And I, um, and so those are sort of exciting. And I, and of course I try to act all professional and say, I'm, I'm cool. I've seen this before a thousand times. Right. Right. Oh, it's fun because I've never seen this before and I'm learning something new and wow. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's always a lot of fun too. When I'm learning as much 
as my client is. I love that. And by the way, you mentioned going to Chicago. I met you in Columbus. What's your next event coming up? Are you going to be anywhere uh, in the near future? Yes. The October 10th, or no, excuse me, October 5th and 6th, I am doing the Gift of Light Expo. That is going to be at the um, Franklin County, Ohio Fairgrounds in Hilliard, Ohio. So you can go to giftoflightexpo.com for full details about that. Um, Later on in November, I will be going to Victory of Light down in Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah, that can be found at victoryoflight.com. That is probably one of my most favorite um, expos to do. It's absolutely enormous. Victor Peruda is a renowned uh, psychic himself. He puts on a really wonderful show. And so I'm looking, I look forward to his shows uh, every year. He does two a year and I really can't wait for his show. But the next thing that I'm doing in two weeks, less than two weeks is going to be in Hilliard called The Gift of Light. Fantastic. Now for folks that are interested in receiving a reading, but they're not able to connect with you. Um, like, you know, I lucked into being able to meet you in Columbus. They can go to your website and why don't you tell people about that, how they can go there and they can order a reading. Sure. Um, when I do, I have 40 plus spreads that I, that I can do for various reasons. Okay. I mean, each spread, Spread is, is a slightly, some are problem solvers, some are guiding, some are for couples um, and this kind of thing. Um, and so when I'm at an expo, you know, I can't offer all 40 of those spreads. So I have a very limited menu. But the menu on my website, which is theemeraldboxturtle.com, the, my, the name of my business is The Emerald Box Turtle. So at my store, you can go on to my store and find, um, you know, what resonates with you. Mm-hmm. You pay through PayPal. Mm-hmm. I'll be mm-hmm. notified. And then I might have a little interaction with my client via email mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. To, to sort of finalize um, what we're talking about. I'm not looking for details. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I like to go into readings as cold as possible. That means with as little information as possible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I just sort of finalize what we're doing. And then I do the reading and I send a very detailed analysis of their cards to them via email. Um, my policy is that follow-ups are all free. Mm -hmm. So after you've received your analysis, you can sit on it. You can ignore it. You can write back to me, uh, three weeks later and say, you know, I had a dream. Uh, how does this relate to my reading? Or I don't understand the analogies that you're making here to illustrate the, um, analysis of the cards. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of going back and forth. I'm even willing to talk with my clients on the phone if they would rather just talk with me in person about their spread. Okay. Um, Well, that's great that they get. So what's really good here for people to hear is that they're going to get an email back that they can read through. So you, so it's not a situation where you have to worry about, you know, I mean, cause the, the, the calls are nice, but if, unless it's recorded, you know, you feel like you have to take a lot of notes, whatever. So they'll have all the information. And then if they have a question about it or there's something they don't understand, then they can reply back to you and they can get clarification on, on the reading that you sent to them. Absolutely. And, um, just because you're in, I have done readings as far away as Australia 
So just because we're not in the same time zone or in front of each other doesn't mean that I cannot uh, read your cards for you. So, um, you know, hey, it's a lot more fun when you're face to face. <laughs> I'm not going to lie there, but um, I can absolutely read cards for read the tarot cards for people um, who have connected with me through um, my website or via email or something like that. And as I say, yes, it is nice. You get a concrete analysis of your cards um, that you can refer back to rather than uh, now, what did she say? Right. You know, exactly. later you get home yeah. and you're like, well, I forget what she said. She said something about, um, uh, I can't, I can't really remember. And that's, and so I like, I like the fact that my clients have something concrete and many of my repeat clients will bring those analyses back and say, well, last year you read for me and here's my reading from last year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then we see how the new reading, um, differs, how it, it, um, has advanced, um, how the person has advanced and to see what uh, changes have they've made in their life and how they have advanced psycho-emotionally, how they've grown. I, yeah, I love that. And in fact, when I had my reading with Annette, so I, you know, I selected the reading that I wanted and then she took about eh, a few minutes, you know, two, three, five minutes, something like that. And she had a sheet and she actually wrote out notes for me first. So she, she wrote her notes down and then she went through and did the reading. But then that way I had that piece of paper that I could take with me. So what I could look at that and that would remind me, you know, so I had not only the, um, you know, what I, what I took in from the reading, I not only had the, you know, the, the light bulb that went off or the, you know, internal information that I soaked in, but then I also had this piece of paper, you know, that I could look at and read and like, oh yeah, I remember when she talked about this, that, or the other. So, and that's something that's kind of unique. I mean, most tarot readers don't do that. So for folks that um, have the opportunity to get that reading in person, that's a really nice extra I think that you do and then I think it's cool that you give them the the email analysis so that they have that you know they can refer back to when I would do astrology readings you know 99.9 I mean it was rare that somebody didn't record the reading and I always right. encouraged them to do it because you know the thing is it's a, it's you get not only is it a lot to take in at once but then you know as time goes on if you listen to it again or in this case read it again you kind of notice something or discover something or take in something that you didn't the first time. And that's why, and even if you have a reading with me in person, I encourage my clients to do it. Follow-ups are free. You, while we're sitting there in person, you get your, your hand scribbled notes and you also get my business card with my email address on it. And I say, hey, if you've got questions later about your, your um, reading or you can't even read my writing, I don't care. Email me and say, what'd you mean by that? Love it. And some people also, I encourage, you know, if they say, do you mind if I record this? Oh, no, I don't mind at all. I'll tell you when to hit the record button and I will speak directly into your phone for you. So I, I really encourage people to um, get as much information from their reading as they can yeah. with my handwritten notes, with follow-ups, and with right. if they want to record as well. Because as I say, you forget that stuff. You walk away and Absolutely. you're 
mm-hmm. and you for, and you and you you forget it. Absolutely. And and the thing is, you know, usually whatever the there's there's something that's the 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 biggest mm-hmm. thing, but then there's all these other juicy pieces that yes. you're right. You're not gonna you're not gonna remember all of them. It's it's like it's a buffet. It's just too much to sample and take in the whole buffet. You know, at one sitting. Right. And so, but when you can kind of keep going back to it and back to it, but one thing I got to ask you about before we go is, um, so your website is the Emerald box turtle. And so is your Facebook and everything. And I'll, I'll have that posted in the show notes, but you got to share with us, where did that name come from? (laughs) I get that asked all the time. I am, um, a May baby, therefore the Emerald, my birthstone. Okay. And the turtle is my, or tortoise. I am not picky. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the turtle or the tortoise is my spirit animal. Okay. So mm-hmm. we have here in Southeastern Ohio, we have a lot of the Eastern painted box turtle running around in the woods and crossing the roads and this kind of thing. So I'm the idiot turtle lady who's running out in the middle of the road to save the little turtles. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm also not shy about helping snakes across the road too. Mm. Um, so, uh, but no, I just, I, you know, I feel badly that they, that they sort of go slowly yeah. and, and, uh, you know, I can't stand the thought of them being squished. Oh. And, um, so I do my best, but the, and I'm all, there's also a, um, a story. The native American folklore is that turtle holds up the world. Mm. And, um, I, I am a Taurus and I'm very, I have a lot of Virgo in my uh, chart too. So I tell people I have to wear high heels just so that I can walk on top of the ground because I'm so grounded, (laughs) you know? And, um, so I'm a, I'm a nurturing kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so I, 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 I identify with the turtle holding up the world because sometimes I feel like I am turtle holding Mm -hmm. other turtle holding up the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when I need to be alone, I can turtle up mm-hmm. as in I can pull everything inside and close my little door and, mm-hmm. and be like, and make like a turtle, you I know, and it. just, so yeah. I love it. And, well, uh, when I was a kid, I had a, a, a turtle, a couple of turtles as a pet. I had one of those small green turtles and uh-huh. then I also had a larger, um, one I, don't rem- I don't remember what kind or, you know, what, what species or whatever of turtle it was, but it was probably about like five inches in diameter uh-huh. and it had like a gray shell. And, um, I don't remember how long I had them. I was a pretty young kid. I, I loved animals. So I would have whatever animal my mom would let me have, you know, sure. and, um, turtles were pretty low key. So, um, you know, we had dogs, we had fish, we had hamsters, we had, um, you know, different animals, but, um, so I don't know a lot about turtles, but I have some very fond memories of my turtles. Yes. And so my, because I don't have live turtles, I now collect stone turtles. Oh, so okay. I probably have 50 or 60 by now, <laughs> little carved stone oh, turtles. And I so when that. I have space at the expo, um, I will, I will lay out all my little turtles. Some <laughs> are bigger than my thumbnail and some are, you know, the size of my fist. Okay. And, um, so when I see a stone turtle that I don't have, first thing I do, got to buy that turtle. So I have... <laughs> All different, you know, lapis and and um, sugulite and sodalite and and 
uh, jade and um, opalite. And I have, you know, all different kinds. Love that. Love that. Well, Annette, you are a delight. I thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. I know people are going to love this podcast. Uh, I can't recommend you high enough. If anyone has any kind of curiosity or interest in receiving a tarot reading, I really encourage you to contact Annette and get a reading. If you're lucky enough to meet her in person, grab the opportunity. I lucked out when I went by, she didn't have anyone there. And so I didn't have to wait. I was able to just jump right in. And, um, I was just really, you know, really glad that I had that chance. But so, but even if you're not able to see her in person, go to the website, order a reading. I think you'll be very satisfied. And I know that I am, and I am so thrilled that I got to have you on the podcast and for you to share a little bit of yourself with us. Lisa, it has been my pleasure. It was my delight to meet you as well. And, um, and, and that's another fun thing of my, of my profession is that I get to meet the most delightful people. Yes. yes are right. one of them. Oh, we're lucky. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. Well, I will put uh, your information in the show notes. It's the Emerald Box Turtle dot com Annette Noise and I want to wish you Annette and everyone listening a beautiful day. Bye everybody. Bye bye all. Mm-hmm.